Let's go. What's up, Bolt Bros? How we doing? Let's go. All right, all right. Bolt Bros with a special guest, Rich A. Rich A. What's up, man? How we doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? So good. So good. We're excited for this week. I'm I'm excited. So as you know, James and I are going to be at the game. Uh, We do wish Kai would be there as well, too. But unfortunately, he can't make it with work. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this matchup. So, Rich A., why don't you talk a little bit about all the podcasts you get involved with with the Broncos? Maybe just tell the folks that uh, you got the Wild Wild West. I was a special guest one time. But, you know, maybe talk a little bit about your podcasting and uh, do a little plug for your station. Sure. So uh, I'm with the MHRT Network on YouTube. You can check us out. We've uh, we've branched out out of just outside of Broncos. We also include the Avalanche as well with the, the hockey side of things. Uh, gone. Uh, we're doing a play by play as well. So for those of you that are not able to actually uh, see the game on TV and are looking for a means of just kind of kicking it on your phone or whatever, uh, we have a guy named Jeremy who is a spectacular play by play guy that does uh, both the hockey and the football uh, for us. And so he does a play-by-play, which is spectacular. Uh, with regards to me, uh, I jumped into this actually, uh, funnily enough, I was pulled into the MHRD network from the comment section on uh, other Broncos comments or content rather. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. So I, I actually have, I kind of have a, a hybrid thing where I actually know kind of a lot of the X's nose and that kind of stuff. And, and, the guys on some of the other podcasts started just running their mouths about crap. They just didn't know. And um, I, I made it a point to try to make them look like fools in the chat um, and, and say, this is why you're wrong. And, and my comments started getting pulled up and all that kind of stuff. So that was really cool. Nice. Um, and then I was pulled over to the MHRT, MHRT network as like a guest spot. And then uh, they, uh, they hated me so much. They kept me on. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I like it. I like Love it. it. And as you guys cannot tell, uh, Rich is actually from Canada. So go easy on him. He's he's Canadian. He, he got the accent, right? <laughs> we uh, love yeah, it. a little we bit. Um, but uh, look, I'm not. I'm used to the whole like California people poking fun of me because that's where my relatives are from. Uh, nice. I got uh, I got relatives down in, in actually in California, so I, I go down there. You know. Not regularly, but, you know, enough to kind of know my way around. So before we get into everything, you know, people are trickling in now. How did you become a Bronco fan, right? You're from Canada. Have you lived in Canada your whole life? You know, how how did that transition happen? I've actually given this story on on two different podcasts. So it, it, it for those of you who are actually following me here, you're like, oh, not again. But, um, <laughs> you know, but uh uh, so I, I was actually um, I was dating uh, my ex at the time, and and she was a Patriots fan. Um, oh, just, we're, we're now she's she's next, um, and and, uh, <laughs> and so we were watching uh, one of the championship games uh, at a at a really big sports bar uh, in the kind of GTA area, which is just on the northern kind of horseshoe around Toronto, and. Um, it's called Weggs. If any of you are here, it's, it's a, honestly, it's a spectacular bar. Like I, I would really actually recommend you go. And cool. so there's, there's probably like a, a, there's like a 20 foot screen or a 30 foot screen in the middle of the bar where they Whoa. put the game up and you have to buy tickets in order to get into the championship games and the wow. Super Bowl because they're, they're sold out. Like you cannot get in. And so Very we nice. were there and it was the uh, Patriots versus the Broncos. And so she wanted to go because the Patriots were playing. 
and uh, I hated the Patriots, particularly Tom Brady. I wanted to punch him in the face, but um, <laughs> do. Do. and I still do actually. It, that hasn't changed, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but nonetheless. So I was watching the game, and and I didn't really have a team at the point. I was kind of you know football's cool, but it's not really my thing. Sure. It'd be nice to get more into. I played rugby at the time competitively, so I was kind of preoccupied with a different sport. And uh, and so I was there, and I watched this Broncos team play all in orange which i happen to like the color so that that helped and then i saw the way they played and it reminded me a lot more of rugby than kind of this throw the ball around the field gritty style of play hard-nosed you know defense focused all that kind of stuff and i was like i, I kind of like that team and then all the patriots fans said i hate this team because they're, they're they're almost winning and i said like, good i love them <laughs> <laughs> And, and then, uh, and then, and then I, yeah. you know, move forward a couple of years and, uh, and I, I kind of became kind of a full fledged fan. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. Rad. That's cool. right. Yeah. It's good to so hear that. For yeah, us, I, I mean, yeah. for yeah, us, yeah. we basically are generationally, uh, you know, inherited into the chargers from the San Diego chargers, basically, because <laughs> our grandpa basically is a season ticket holder for years and years and years. And so we've just basically been a part of the team since we knew about football, basically. So a little different. My, my dad's a Miami fan. Oh, oh really? Uh, oh, that's cool. Oh, wow. That's funny. Well, that's that's wait, but he's from Canada too. Is it just because just it's warmer weather down there? Is that it? That's hey, no. He's going to find a reason to go out to Miami the during the winter, guy, right? Where he just yeah. he just liked watching Marino play, and that was yeah. Uh, oh, there you Marino. go. Yeah, and, and so he he kind of latched onto them due to Marino and you know, kind of growing up and whatnot. So he, he's a, yeah. he's a Finns guy. Um, and, and so he's, you know, he's a classic snowbird here from Canada. So he's going down to Florida soon. And, and so he's got his golf cart from down in Florida, which is all like rocked out in Miami gear. And of course, like all the, all the locals down there, it's like, dude, you're from Canada and you have like more golf dolphins gear than like half the Americans down here. Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Oh my that gosh. I awesome. love that. Isn't that That's the funny. best, man? Yeah, it, it's 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 awesome. It's awesome to hear how people's you know stories you know progress. They become certain fans of certain teams and things like that. So that's great to hear that. So that's amazing. Well, I know uh, we don't have a ton of time with you today, so we want to get into specifically this matchup, right? So maybe what we should do is um, why don't you just generally we we could generally talk about maybe the offense, defense, and then special teams. And then we could go into what we think um, each team needs to do to win uh, moving forward in this game on Monday night. It's going to be an exciting game. We're going to be, you know, James yep. and I are going to be tailgating. Should be a good time. So uh, maybe time. we'll talk a little bit about offense first, Rich, and uh, kind of get your thoughts on the Broncos' offense, where they stand. Then we could talk about the Chargers' offense. And then we'll start answering questions. I know Aether's got a couple questions already in here in the chat, and a few other people are going to throw, throw some questions out at us. So put yeah, the question so, uh, in. We will get to them as well. So make yeah, sure so the Broncos you're have an offense. Uh, we're not pretty good. Uh, we're not doing very well. And um, so, uh, what about the Chargers? I will no. say this. You know what's crazy about this? I was looking at the Chargers' offense. We're averaging total of 390 yards per game, but the Broncos' offense is 343 yards per game. I, I was. That's not a whole lot different. Um, no, and then you look I, mean, at, I, I joke, but <laughs> I mean. It's it's yeah it's not great. Uh, it, uh, we're, we're we're basically moving the ball between the twenties better than the better than people think we are. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's kind of why you're so surprised looking at that because yeah, I mean, who the heck loses a game twelve to nine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, mm. I mean, we were. I've had soccer games with higher scores than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My, I, I don't even think I've had a softball game with that low score. Actually, no, it's not true. Nine to ten was the lowest one I ever was involved in, and that was that was kind right, of a right. crazy one. <laughs> Look, the point that we're comparing football and softball scores, I think, says a lot, right? Like, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Let's, let's call a duck a duck. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, our offense is great. Well, in, in the Russell Wilson's got twelve hundred and fifty-four yards, and and Herbert's got fourteen hundred and forty-eight or seventy-eight yards and ten touchdowns. Of course, so what you're saying is red zone offense is is Bad. lacking for the Broncos. So this now, is let me stat. ask this question: We are DAL in red zone. You you what? DAL. I'm not sure if we're allowed to curse on this show or not, but uh, yeah, you can curse whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want. Last. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the, in red zone. Uh, is it really that bad? Okay. Oh, oh, it's oh, trust me, it's really that bad. Like I think there's, uh, was he is he two for twelve? I think, I think it's two Oof. for twelve. So he's oh he's had uh, twelve throws in like, from the red zone into like from in the red zone to the end zone, and wow. Wilson has only made two of the twelve throws into the yeah. end zone. Interesting. Break. Well, it, it's an interesting thing about like that last game too, when you guys had the drive where you could have scored a touchdown, throwing it to KJ Hamler 100%. was pretty much yeah. open right there in the middle of the field. Which one? Uh, it was oh, last the game. last. No, no, game, which yeah. there were two of them. Oh yeah, it was oh, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was open oh. twice. Yeah, well, and it's it's funny because I remember looking at it and Russell Wilson just looking to the left and didn't even look straight in front of him, and he literally could have just. It would have been the simplest little throw right to him. Boom. Touchdown. Game over. You know, it would have been. It's just funny to be able to see Russell Wilson do things like that. He's not allowing for some reason. Russell Wilson's not being Russell Wilson and doing those Russell Wilson type plays. He's not being himself. He's not cooking right now. He's I don't know. What's another way? Uh, Russ is sus. The Russ is sus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no no muscle russell i think i said that to you andy no muscle russell. <laughs> russell russell i don't know i don't know but whatever it's just it's really weird to be able to see how russell wilson has changed heavily within this offense is it the offense is it nathaniel hackett i don't know that's a question for no. you rick i think it's no, him yeah. and, and i and i know i'm in Thoughts a rare I, i'm in a rare group actually uh the short answer is no <laughs> yeah. um so when you actually look at the all 22 film and, and aren't just going off of the media, you know, talking points and other nonsense, and you actually watch the game um, that has nothing to do with an offensive scheme. When you have a wide open receiver and you just don't throw it to him. Yep. Like, I'm sorry. Yep. Like, yeah. I'm yep. sorry. You're wrong. Like, so <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, it's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw into a guy that's covered and leave the wide open dude and just say, no, we're good. And, and no, that is not an offensive scheme problem. That sure. is a, a, a quarterback problem. Now I think what the real issue there is, I do think his, um, his uh, injury, which is the, the, the lat, which is kind of right in this area here. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think that that injury likely occurred sooner than they are letting on. I also think that there's probably some, evidence to indicate that um, yep. it is impacting yep. him a little bit more than they are also letting him letting yep. on to the fan base. Um, you're noticing things like the yeah. anticipatory yeah. throws are just not being made. And, and he is seeing the guy and trying to make the throw that you saw him make so often in Seattle. Yeah. And he doesn't have the same zip on the ball 
-hmm. which kind of gets from point A to point B. So yeah. if you're slower getting the ball from A to B, then that gives the defender that extra little bit of time. And we're, we're talking seconds. Like we're talking NFL football here. This is like right, sec right. a second makes a difference, right? And um, and that's what we're seeing here is is we're seeing that those those throws are just not being made. And I think that has to do with that injury, in my opinion. And I think it's being underplayed. And I think that's a problem. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It, yeah that's it, interesting. It's, it's tough to be able to see things like that. Cause I have a buddy that I chat with all the time. That's a Broncos fan lives in Denver oh. and he always talked. And I remember going into the preseason. It's like, yeah, we finally got this quarterback. We got that guy. We, he's the new Peyton Manning for Denver. And, and I get it. You guys have gone through a, a huge amount of quarterbacks hoping to be that guy and just hasn't really worked out. But, I was thinking it was extremely suspect to be able to have you guys sign an extension to him when he hasn't even played one game yet. And that to me is like, you know, it's a little bit of a red flag doing something like that because, you know, first off, we don't really know what he truly is still. And why did Seattle sure. give up him too? I mean, he's had a lot of sacks on his body. And I think I saw this year he's been sacked was it like 16 times or something? It's like a pretty fair chunk amount of like sacks. Yeah, the, the line is pretty bad from what I can yeah. tell. Yeah. And once again, is that Russ too? That's just being slow about making decisions too. Is he just yes not no. doing well? So go ahead and speak on that. That would, that would be a great thing if you got any little insight on that. So, so you've asked two questions in one. Um, yep. and, yeah. and it, yes, it, was a, it was a really long-winded question. That, you know, <laughs> no, no, gonna, no. Yeah. Yeah. Land your point. Two questions <laughs> and just sandwich them together and then pretended he only asked me one thing. Um, so, 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 James, um, I picked up on that. Thanks. Um, yeah. and, and, but, uh, but with regards to um, with regards to the first piece, I was in the same camp, right? Where um, Russell Wilson was kind of a, a veteran quarterback. Uh, you weren't going to have the same type of drama as you were going to have with some of the we'll called immaturity of some of the younger quarterbacks where you kind of saw sure. them make some some kind of silly yep. mistakes and and not handle themselves well in certain situations. So I was actually quite excited about Russ uh, at first. I was very, very concerned about what the Broncos did in terms of giving away our draft capital um, because I have always been a proponent of the Broncos having a soft offensive line because I don't want us to have one, but we do have one. And you can't rebuild an offensive line, particularly at the right tackle position, typically without having a top tier pick in order to select the guy with. Yep. Um, and then on the flip side, our interior defensive line um, has been struggling the last three to four years in terms of getting that interior pressure from the guard center and then other guard spot on the D line. Uh, and we really need someone to kind of fill that role for us. And again, Typically speaking, in the draft, you need that first or second round pick in order to fill that gap. And trading yeah. away two of them kind of hinders your ability to kind of make those moves. Yeah. And, and, that's a, and that's a big deal from my perspective. Um, but I was quite pleased, actually, with getting a guy like Russ. Because what I was hoping for is that Russ would come here and that we would solidify a deal that was fair on both sides. That right. he got a reasonable number but then he didn't go crazy. And instead mm -hmm. we kind of went a little further than I would have preferred with his contract and gave it to him early. Now on your other comment about paying him, you know, when we did, um, I actually believe that that was part of the deal to come here. Yeah. Mm. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, I agree with you, but 
a deal's a deal. Yep. And and when you agree to waive a no trade clause, you have certain expectations that the other part of that deal is also met as well. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get paid too, and you know I know with new ownership that came in too, I'm sure they're trying to put some sort of standard in place too that if we're going after our guy, we're going to pay you kind of thing too. So it's trying to make them look good. Now, even to say with the coaching staff, that coaching staff came in uh, before the new ownership came in too. So it they didn't really make the decision for the coaching staff too. So there is a little bit of a disconnect in a sense if the ownership really gets involved in this team too. So same could be held true for a lot of the players they extended as well. For Great. sure. And uh, I actually think, again, I am I am – so not your typical Broncos fan. Um, but um, I, I am of the opinion that you could see some prominent Broncos players if our season continues the way that it's going right now, getting traded for the yeah. exact reasons I said earlier. And that is that the Denver Broncos are are basically light on draft picks, particularly in the first and second rounds, because well, we have none. And right. what's clear is we have a lot of work to do. And the only way you can do that by you know making up the difference between A and B is to trade players that will get you picks that fit into the first and second round. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe free up some cap space as well in the process. Also. Correct. Correct. You know, um, we should probably talk about uh, the defense as well too, right? You got your defense has been great, right? I mean, I'm I'm going to talk about a few people: Joey Jewel or Josie Jewel, Bradley Chubb, and then Patrick Sertan. I I would say those are probably your three top defensive players. Simmons. Uh, oh Justin God, I hope Simmons. not. Yep. <laughs> and then who? Who else? Justin who else Simmons. Simmons. Yep. So, remember my previous comments about trading guys Players. that will likely bring you back first and second round picks. Sure. Yeah. So I just said on the Wild Wild West podcast, and I, I'm I'm dead serious about it. I, and this is kind of what sets me apart from some of the other guys on the MHRT network. Is I think Simmons is a really good player. But I do. I don't think that he has shown up so aggressively on tape that mm-hmm. he he deserved like a fifteen million dollar a year contract. Yeah. yeah. And but nonetheless, and this is the other thing that pains me to say it. He might be the nicest guy I've ever seen off the field. Right. Yeah. Like some of the stuff that he does within the community really truly deserves all of the accolades that you can give a guy. He is, he is spectacular within the Denver community and, and really should be um, celebrated for the work that he does, uh, you know, around Denver uh, with the hospitals and with children and, and all the, all the other stuff. He, he is, he is really a genuinely nice guy. Uh, he and his wife, actually, by the way, uh, it's, it's a, it's a family affair with them, which I think is, is really nice to see as well. But he would be someone that I could see with the emergence of Caden Stearns, for example. Yep, Stearns. Where where the Broncos could turn and say, okay, Stearns has not really been a drop-off when you compare him, generally speaking, to what Justin Simmons has done for us. And Justin Simmons both has a high cap number and could likely yield for a safety-needy team who wants a leader on the defensive side of the ball. And make no mistakes, Justin Simmons is a leader on the defensive side of the ball. For sure. Uh, and and he could be a great pickup for someone, and we could well get a first-round pick or a second-round pick for him um, from another team. And if our season is not looking on the up-and-up, he could be someone that the Broncos might look to move. To, to your point, 
ownership never signed him to that big contract and the coaching staff that's currently here never signed him to that contract. So it's quite possible that they see him as someone that is perhaps worth more to them for the draft capital that they're able to pull back from him as opposed to being on the roster. That would be a huge hit from a morale perspective, I think, for the team. But right now, it's not like we're, you know, going bananas uh, as a team anyway. So I think there's there's something to be said for trying to look ahead rather than uh, hope that things are going to work out. And, and I think you need that capital to do so. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so totally. let me ask you this question. I know uh, both of our head coaches have had some – some fire thrown their direction recently, right? Nathaniel Hackett, obviously Brandon Staley, fourth and Staley. That's one of our, actually it's right here. See fourth and Staley. Can you, can you see that on my board right here? Kyle, we need to get that shirt put up. We need to get that shirt made. And um, yeah. Oh, fourth and Staley. Your, I think that, I think that one already exists in some other community communities. Yeah. It does. So. I've seen it. Yep. yep. Yeah. We got to make yep. that happen though. We got to make that happen. They, they took, it came from us. That came from us. They just took our idea. Nah. That's okay. No, I, I, that was last year. That was last year. <laughs> and guys, you have a oh. question in there from John Rowley. I, I really, Oh no. Like yeah. That. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're just talking, we're chumming up. We're, we'll get all the questions in a little bit later. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, my yeah. question with you though, specifically though, Rich, what are they saying specifically? What, what are your thoughts? Okay. You guys, I, I, let, let me preface my question. You guys had Josh McDaniels wheels fell off the track. You guys let him go. Can you foresee something like that happening here in Denver if, if things really go bad, maybe get four wins or so for this season? If it were to go that direction, I don't think it will. But what, what are your thoughts and what are they talking about as far as coaching is concerned in Denver at this point? Are people hitting the ripcord, get rid of Hackett, all the above? What, what's, your, what's your general take on all that? I, I actually don't think that's likely going to happen. Uh, now, the media narrative it has was originally actually when the – I mean – don't get me wrong. There were some real issues at the earlier stage of the season where there was clear, sure. you know, play calling miscues and whatnot. So that that's on the head coach, hundred um, percent. However, I, I also want to point people back to what we looked like in the preseason. Yeah. So people love to say, "Oh my gosh, this is all head coaching." It's like, okay, really? Then why did we look unbelievably prepared in the preseason for every single game that we're all back to back to? And that's also on the head coach. Yeah. So I think it's important that as fans, we kind of look at things more objectively rather than following blindly with what whatever mainstream media decides to throw at you that particular week. I think you actually need to look at things with your own eyes and think critically. And my opinion is I don't think this is a head coaching problem. I actually think Daniel, uh, sorry, Nathaniel Hackett, rather. I think Nathaniel Hackett is an incredibly – self-critical individual who has a great head on his shoulders. And I think that he recognized very early on that he was in a conundrum where he underestimated the amount of work that the head coaching duties were going to take for him. And he brought in a guy to help him um, alleviate some of the play calling duties for the time being that had more experience than his current OC and then that allowed him to then focus on the holistic component of, of what his head coaching duties entailed. And that I think that what he's going to eventually do is start to dial that back and bring that back in house to him and eventually go back to what he originally wanted to do. I actually think that that's a sign of a great leader, someone that recognizes their strengths and weaknesses and is able to look inward and do so quickly and act quickly. So I actually, yeah. I actually don't see, I don't see Hackett and uh, and 
Staley, for example, on the same page, because in my opinion, I haven't seen Staley make any adjustments despite the fact that you're seeing some of the same mistakes crop up repeatedly. Yep. Right. I actually see the two as being very different when it comes to how they approach errors and issues. Frankly, I prefer the Hackett approach. Do something and do something quickly and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of live by a a motto, live and don't learn. And I think that's Staley's uh, idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the one thing yeah. that I will say is, is that he definitely focuses on his process. He keeps talking. Yeah. I just actually watched his – his uh, just recently just got posted just a few minutes ago. I watched before I jumped, jumped on. And, uh, you know, he's like, look, I have a, we have a process. Our process is this way, right? And he's all about the analytics. And uh, it was interesting. I was watching the Monday Night Football game with the Raiders, and it was fourth and one. And then Devontae Adams was open for that fourth and one. They scored a touchdown on it. And yeah. You know, if you look at the analytics breakdown of that one play, you knew that it was it was fourth and one. You knew they were going to jam the middle, and you knew they were going to have one-on-one for Devontae Adams right there. And so that's where the analytics makes a lot of sense. Now, I can break down so many of the other times that Sailor's gone for it on fourth and two. The funny thing is, though, and I will say this, guys, too. This is an interesting statistic that I heard on Good Morning Football. The Chargers are 7-0 and when they go for it on – fourth down uh, twice in per, in per game. So if they keep going for it, they typically always win. So it's an interesting statistic, but it's one of those things where I think he wants to be all gas, no breaks, but he also does it in a, yes, it may look like chaotic manner, but he has a method to his madness. And I don't think he really wants to talk about it a whole lot. He kind of dances around it, but in his mind, his process is set and that's what they're going to keep doing. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting. I still criticize him for for not going, not punting on that fourth and two. I still think he yeah. should have punted, but you know the analytics basically was fifty fifty. Is is yeah. if you break it down, so sure, really sure. But but the, the problem with that is is that he's. I actually heard this also on a different show. So to you know, we're both kind of quoting different sources here. But on the flip side, there's 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 another side to that, which is. Are you now using analytics as an excuse? Yeah. So so for for example, there's certain situations that you just know. Just don't do it. And and I think that was one of them is you're in a certain circumstance. So, for example, in the analytics side of things, did it factor in the circumstance and the time of game where you were in? Did it factor in what your opponent had done thus far? Did it factor in any of those other elements that are critical in, in terms of game time decisions. And if it didn't, then I think you're better off going with incorporating analytics, but in those critical, critical situations going with your gut. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it's, it's, it's interesting though. And I I did a video, uh, I guess it was a couple of days now ago um, where I kind of break it down specifically, specifically that one time they went for it on fourth and two. Um, I'm warming up to the idea more. I was the more I've looked into it, the more it makes sense. But boy, it's it's he's going to live and die by it. That's a mm-hmm. bottom yep. line. That's what he's going to do, right? He's he's right. going to he's going to keep doing it. It's it's very clear. But it was interesting. He talked about it today, and we, let's move on to another topic after this. I, I know we're kind of rambling on about it, but um, he goes, "Look, it didn't really present itself in the Texans game, and they didn't go for it very often in the Texans game." But he said, yeah. "No, it makes more sense." And some of these other games that we play. So, you know, his view is it's it's kind of a case by case basis. And 
I don't know. It's, it's really an interesting situation. But I will say this. I do think it's changing the game. And there's so much analytics coming to all these coaches. They can just come back on and say, oh, well, the analytics told me to do it. Analytics told me yeah. to do it. That was and my so point. It's, it's, exactly it's right. a crutch. Yeah. It's an excuse. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and so many fans are so involved in fantasy football now where they look at all the points and the stats and the numbers, and they're like, well, of course you would have done that. And then you know, yeah. you look at other other guys that are – I mean, I'm an old school rugby dude where I, am, I I believe in hitting people with no pads at full speed and yeah. I don't give a crap yeah. what happens to you or me um, <laughs> for that matter. And and so I'm in and, – and my my un, my grandfather, my great-grandfather played Hamilton Ticats as a leatherhead, uh, you know, no pads, and, and to call that a helmet is being generous. So yeah. I, I come from a family that just kind of – we have a different mental mindset. Yeah. And, and and I don't like this new style of football. A, it's soft. You're playing a contact sport. Get over it. Yep. If you don't want to get hit, go play dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's you know, true. And, 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 the, and the protect the quarterback rules are just getting ridiculous. You, you oh, can't yeah. Like that Chris Jones sack. Oh, yes, that was ridiculous. 100%. That was ridiculous. Terrible. That, Terrible. That was a clean you, sack. That was a clean did sack. Did you guys see the outkick video of how to sack a quarterback? Yeah. yeah, with with uh, well, are you talking about with uh, Kevin Hart, where he was Kevin like, Hart. Putting, yeah, like <laughs> babying him. I haven't seen yeah, it. I need to check that out. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. You might cry. Okay, I I, I want to cry. Good. I enjoy that. That's fine. No, no, no I, I mean cry, laugh cry as well. Like okay, I mean cry laugh. Yeah, like, like, like like you will cry a lot. It is it is that funny. Okay, I will have to check it out then. Okay, you, yeah, I'll have to Google that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they pick him up and they coddle him like a baby, and then they kind of put a pillow down, and then they lay him down gently onto the pillow, and they tuck him in with the blanket. Oh, it, it's just yeah, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, okay, I'll be check that out. You know, okay, so and just to say, like ahead, coaches man. making kind of questionable decisions. Obviously, we we go to game one with you guys and Nathaniel Hackett going for what a sixty-four yard field goal. I was all for yet. that. It, yeah, well, oh, before that. So the play before. No, I was all for oh. that. Oh, you were all for it. You were good for it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. I, I, Because the way I view that as is if you were in mile high, yeah, you got that elevation difference. It's going to float, as you kind of know. Um, McManus has a great leg and everything, and he's obviously a strength of your guys' team. But to say on a coastal place like uh, Seattle, it, it the ball travels a little differently there. Yeah. And so Heavier I don't know. It's kind of a questionable, in my opinion, and that's the one ball thing that's was halfway about up the, the uprights. Say that one more time. The ball was halfway up the uprights. Yep, it was huge. He yeah. was from he was sixty. He was sixty-five yards out. Yep, and he kicked the ball to halfway up the uprights. Yep, distance was not a problem. Yep, he pulled it a little bit. That's it. Mm-hmm. Or pu- actually, sorry, technically he pushed it a little bit, and yeah. I mean, McManus, generally speaking, makes a good number or percentage of those. And and when you know you have a kicker that even not at altitude that is practicing before the games and knocking through 70 and 75-yard field goals because it's fun and making them, why not? Yep, yep. Well, it is interesting. And, yeah, you definitely think it's close to a NFL record attempt – and McManus has got a great leg. He's one of the best in the league. Um, and he, he could definitely knock those down. 
But even to go to the play before that and choosing not to be able to have Russell Wilson go for it at fourth and two, you think, man, did they kind of know Russell Wilson was not able to get two yards? I mean, as most people in that's the what NFL I was, think. That's what I said. Okay, got yeah, it. That's exactly what I <laughs> said. It. Good, yes. perfect. Yes. So yes. I actually think so, he was not feeling 100% at the time. And, and I think that uh, I, I also think that I also think it's a bit of a you had that comment that I was kind of calling out before from your, your viewer about um, uh, for lack of a better word, we'll just call it ego. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that has played a bit of a role in what we're seeing as the product on the field. And don't get me wrong. I, I think Russ can do a lot of the things that we need him to do, but I also think that Russ is really wanting to be the reason yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That. And, and I think when you look at what we're seeing on the Broncos and you're seeing Russ to Sutton, Russ to Sutton, Russ to, yeah. you know, Judy, Russ to Sutton, Russ to Judy. And, yeah. and you're looking at these, these certain targets that have certain names that people expected to blow up. Like Judy, everyone expected to just be a breakup player at the NFL Right. Frankly, he's he's dropped a boatload of balls and he hasn't mm-hmm. looked particularly great when he's coming to the yes. NFL. But yep. everyone expected him to be that marquee player, right? Because I mean he can run routes. He's a very good route runner and he's doing a very good job. He's just he's not catching the ball. <laughs> and and uh and and Sutton is is clearly a marquee wide receiver, and and I think that's appropriate that he's heavily used, but he shouldn't be the only one used. And and I think yeah. that that's what the problem is, is that Russ is wanting to be the guy, and I think that Russ is also wanting to put up that that banner headline, if you will, from a marketing perspective, which is Wilson to Sutton touchdown wins the game. Yeah. Yep. And you can't always go for gold. Sometimes you simply yep. need to spread the ball around just to win the football game. Be a yeah. game manager. Yeah, be a game manager for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I know we, we're running a little short on time. Should we start going into some questions, guys? Yeah. And then yeah. maybe we could wrap up with what like final thoughts of where we think what you know what the Chargers need to do, what the Broncos need to do, and we kind of go from there. Okay, cool. So yeah, why don't we go through maybe some of the questions and then we can uh, we can go from there. All right, sounds good. Yeah, I, I got a couple ones. Uh, the first question came in from Aether. Uh, let's put it up on here on the board here. Jumbotron, here it is. Uh, it says, knowing the Broncos' offense is struggling, how important is it for the defense to not give up touchdowns in the red zone, please? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I agree. And, and now, uh, is that uh, – uh, I have to ask, is is that a – how important it is for the Chargers' defense not to give up those touchdowns? Because that's the way I'm reading it. Yeah. Mm. It yeah, sounds about right to me. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I would agree because you don't want to start. You don't want to. I actually think this could be a risk, right? Which is Mm -hmm. momentum is a big thing in the NFL, especially when it comes to mental issues. Right. And um, not to bring up some bad memories for you guys, but um, (laughs) there is some there is some history of the Chargers being the get right game for the Broncos. Yeah. Back to your previous comment that from your viewer there who brought up Peyton Manning, where you know we were not particularly doing well that season, and then Manning made a third slash fourth quarter comeback and and won the game with a, I think it was like twenty one points or twenty two points or something along those lines. 
uh, against the, it was against the Chargers. And, uh, and I'm sure that's a game that all of you have intentionally, you know, tried to forget. Uh, I can, I, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, whatever. But, but, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, you cool. don't want, you don't want to, um, you don't want to be the, the springboard for your divisional rival to start figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I do think that that is a legitimate risk because look, Russ might be hurt, but he's still a veteran savvy quarterback. Yep. He still yep. has the ability, whether or not we would all like to admit it or not, he still has the ability to start turning it around. Right. And you do not want to be the team that allowed him to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, yeah. even to say just to, to pick on the Chargers defense too. I mean, we've been getting up, giving up quite a bit of points too on our defense. I mean, I think yeah. we're actually, uh, what is it? 27.2 points that we've been giving up. And I think our average for our offense is actually lower than that. So, which is really weird to think that if we're at a three and two level as a team, uh, we're giving up a fair amount of points more than we're scoring. So how is that even possible? Well, we I mean, got just, our ass kicked by Jacksonville. Exactly. So 39 that to 10. That was game. the one game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle and I were at that game. We wanted to jump off the top of SoFi after that game. That was <laughs> yeah. really a lot of fun. Yeah, I was ready. I was ready. To just, uh... <laughs> yep. I was ready. Call quits. Yep. Yep. Done deal. <laughs> But basically, I'm just saying that the Broncos could get right in this game, to be honest. I mean, there's a, a, a chance. And just as the Chargers fan, I mean, going – well, you could even just say about that Jaguars game. We all thought, yeah. hey, we're going to run these guys. Guess what? We got smoked. And, hey, we're I told you guys you were going to lose. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Texans. Yeah. And the Texans. Yeah. I told, I told every Texans. single Chargers fan you guys were going to lose. Yep. 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 Because we, we definitely weren't right. playing well at that time either. We we were not gelling yeah. offensively. Defensively, we were okay. And it's interesting that Texans came back and won the Jaguars last week, which was just crazy to me. I just didn't expect that either. So, um, yeah, excellent point. What are the questions we have here, Kyle? All right, let's see. Pull up another one here. So, okay, it's from John Rowley. He got one. Here he goes. Uh, say, I feel for the fans. Question. Uh, does anyone else – understand that Russell Wilson thinks he is now on the same level as Brady and Peyton Manning. He's overly confident and well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was talking about. That was the comment yeah. that I was brought up yeah. when I was speaking before yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You have an issue with regards to current level of play. Uh, we'll, we'll call it ego. And, um, I think the challenge of of, of the real challenge of a first year head coach, which is um, learning the learning, the balance of all of those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's really what you're seeing now with Hackett is, is either Hackett isn't being empowered or Hackett is, is truly trying to be a player's coach when he needs to simply say, I know this can be, you know, harsh for some to hear, but like, dude, do what you're told and just go play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. True. Well, yeah, and, and you're right. He's managing his ego, right? And uh, so I have a buddy who's a Seacocks fan. I told you, I told you that, right? So he he was actually totally cool with Russell Wilson leaving. He's like, oh, we don't need him. Blows me the way that Geno Smith is kicking ass in Seattle. He's actually doing fairly well. And Geno Smith was in the Chargers for a long Why time. Why does that surprise you? Well. Because he wasn't good in San Diego at all. He was terrible, right? And yeah. and you know, he, he wasn't well, a good quarterback. Too, yeah. Yeah. But but here's the thing. 
Pete Carroll is very good at game management. To your point, I think he controlled Russell Wilson better. I think they were a good tandem in that sense. And I think, so I think reading between the lines, in my opinion, because I was going to piggyback on your original conversation about this, is that I think he wanted to go somewhere, get his fat contract, and be the guy. Yeah. He's, he showed up in Denver, got his fat contract, and he wants to be the guy, but he's really not the guy, right? And, and I think Pete Carroll saw that. He knew that, and he knew how to manage him moving forward. So that's my take. I think that's what you're getting at. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. The other thing that Seattle has done is exactly what they never did when Wilson was there. And in some part, because they, they, they drafted so piss poorly, but um, the first thing they did this season when they lost Russ, solidify their tackles. Yep. 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 Never had Abram is an animal. Mm -hmm. He is legit at the right tackle spot. And frankly, if he keeps on this pace, if he's not in the pro bowl, um, it, it just needs to go away. Yeah. 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 I mean, his stats are are just mind blowing as a rookie. Yeah. I mean he he should he should be in some conversations for like offensive player of the year. Just the problem is is that it's such an unsexy position at the right tackle right. that Absolutely. no one will ever vote him there. But if you look at his stats, they are just jaw dropping. Yeah, for sure, insane. You yeah, know, I was actually well, just going to make a comment. I was going to make a comment about Russell Wilson and his ego too. I know that was just a, a second ago that we chatted about that, but um, on good morning football, Kyle Brandt chatted a little bit about the ego that uh, Russell Wilson has. And it, I, it was like an award show or something like that for the NFL or whatnot. Kyle Brandt was like, Hey Russ, Russ, can I like interview uh, interview and him and Sierra are walking down, you know, the, the red carpet or whatnot. Yep. yep. They just look away. Sorry. Nope. We're good. They're acting like they're like Jay-Z and Beyonce, basically. And they could just do whatever they want when they want. And he went on this whole rant about it. And he's like, look, man, that's that's not a guy you want. That's not a guy that you need to have that yeah. is willing to not talk to people because they think they're just this high-level gift of to to the people or gift to the NFL or whatnot. And so yep. it, it's just a tough thing to hear something like that. And Do you uh, think I, that's partially because of Sierra? Because, yes. you know, could be. she's... I, I, I mean, think about that for a second. You know, they, they become this sort of celebrity couple, right? Yep. Oh, we're amazing. We're this and that. And it, it, it's not necessarily that we're it's, – it's like, yeah, he plays football, but he views himself as some sort of – Celeb. I don't know. In a way. He sees but himself as – What has Sierra done recently, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no he, I, I, think, I think what it is is he sees himself as, as football and – yeah. Football yeah, plus that. football and football and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and I think that he sees that in part because his, his wife is such a, a, a known celebrity throughout, Bougie. throughout yep. the pop culture. And, and I think that that comes with, um, frankly, I think it's a difficult thing to control for any person. So I, I don't even, it's not that I don't blame him, but I, I think he needs more people in his life to put him in his place. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to be that person if he would like, um, but, uh, <laughs> just give me a call. Trust me, dude. I'll, I'll say exactly what you don't want to hear. And, yeah. but, but, but see, the thing is I will say exactly what you don't want to hear, but it's what you need yeah. to hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? So and, and I think that's question. the important thing. I know, I know, uh, Hackett and Russ Wilson talked quite a bit after their last game. Do you have any insight to what that conversation was? I, I heard it. They made a comment that they, 
they got in a room together for like an hour and hashed out whatever they hashed out. Do you have any insight to what that was after the game? My, my insight to it is I heard it, that it had a lot to do with, and I think what we're going to see is what I don't want to see. And this is kind of what I was referring to earlier is that sometimes the head coach simply needs to sit there and tell the quarterback, shut up and play properly. Yep. Do your job. And I think what we're, I, and I think what's happening here is that Hackett is, has already, uh, has already come up and said that he is trying to blend and mesh. You're seeing a, a really interesting mesh point between what the Packers ran and what the Seahawks ran. Correct. Now I can assure you the Seahawks offense that you're seeing is 100% Russ coming in, pounding the table to say, I want to run these plays because I yep. like these plays and Hackett is saying that's fantastic. But these groups of plays that I have are really good and they work really, really well. If you would like to see my evidence, please go see Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. The dude has right. been on fire the last three or four years. Like he is just yeah. 100%. stupid good. Like, yep. We have VPs. That says enough. Back to back. 100%. Exactly. 100%. exactly. 100%. So, so, so Hackett is saying like, I have this whole group of things that I know work. And then Russ is saying, yeah, but I want to do this. And what Hackett yeah. is trying to do is he's saying, okay, well let's blend them. And, yeah. and that is someone trying to be a player's coach. And at some yeah. point, at some point you simply need to say, just go and play. Or you need to completely go the other way and then and almost throw someone under the bus, right? And say, all right, we're going to run all what you have to say. And then you get up on the podium and say, I have adopted what Russell Wilson wants to do at the quarterback position. We're going to run that the next game, and hopefully that all works out for us. And if it absolutely bombs and tanks, which I suspect it probably will. Yeah. Because yeah. to your point, I think Carol was very good at kind of controlling things and kind of really yeah. keeping things in check. At, at that point then – Frankly, I think Russ has a lot of explaining to do. And and in my opinion, I think what really needs to take place here is I think egos need to be put fully in check, perhaps even on Hackett's side. And I think the two of them need to truly look at the plays that were on the field, what we saw against the Colts, look at the all 22, just like I did, and look at the plays where you saw open wide receivers on crossers, where yep. you saw the... The, the pinch wide receivers that were doing kind of the in route and then out route that completely yeah. wide open, like great play calling that's all on Hackett. So stop blaming a dude that's putting together really good plays on the field and actually yep. start analyzing what's on tape and on film and actually take responsibility and ownership for mistakes you make. You know, and then the one thing yeah. I'm going to even say about that is that I feel like Russell Wilson hasn't done a very good job of going through progressions um, in no. his his nope. place and so he's looking very much just like hey there's two guys here i know those plays i'm gonna just look at that direction and those are my two guys and that's it like in contrast you hear justin herbert and shane shane day our quarterback coach says man justin herbert goes through all of his progressions in such a short amount of time and i mean mind you no coach is gonna bad mouth or quarterback by any means but at the same side that's what you hear. And that's what you see as a result for Justin Herbert. And so I, I feel like Russell Wilson is kind of having a hard time, maybe even just grasping certain plays, or he's always been that guy of just, Hey, I look at two dudes and that's all I do. And I decide at that point, which one I'm throwing to. However, I heard some interesting comments. However, uh, yeah. uh, Ron Rivera literally just uh, bad oh. his quarterback. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, totally Oh yeah. So, so what do you think of why we're uh, at one four right now? He's like, he just said quarterback. 
<laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, damn, I was like oh, he dang. Really did that? Yeah, he really did that. And, you know, he later apologized or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Run him over with a bus. See ya, bud. Yep. Well, yeah, no, Carson, what, my, my, that my thing is the, say that. So, so here's the ultimate question, Andrew. You made a really interesting point, and I actually heard what you said, except phrased differently. And I, and I, I think this is a super interesting thing that I had never thought of from this perspective, even as a Broncos guy and and digging about as deep as you can get into some of this stuff. Which is, has Russ ever been asked in his career to do some of the things that he's being asked to do now in this hot hackett based offense? Good point. Yeah. And and what and what I mean by that is did Pete Carroll control so much of the offensive play call yeah. you know filtered through yep. in and out D- did it did it have such um you know just such a lane that it had to fit within has has Russ actually been asked to do some of the stuff he's being asked to do now and and I'm not sure the answer to that is yes. Yeah. Yeah, Pete Carroll um my my buddy again a Seahawks fan he, he, he didn't like Pete Carroll because he felt like Pete Carroll sort of um, made, made Russ do kind of what he needed him to do, right? He said, no, you're doing this, you're doing this. He was kind of told what to do. He executed what he knew. Um, but I think you're right. I think he probably came in, Nathaniel Hackett probably sat him down. There was this long conversation. Hey, I want to be the guy. I want these plays. You take these plays, and we go from there. And I think there's a – I do ask myself this question. Has he lost the locker room, right? And, and the respect of some of his players, because again, these guys got egos. This is a great example. Russ obviously has an right. ego. Who's, who's the he? Who, who uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel has he Hackett, lost? Yeah. No. Yeah. His, you don't think so? No. Because uh, I, I think these play. So have you ever seen some of the players do uh, film breakdown on like NFL network and stuff? Uh, a little bit, not not on the Broncos specifically, but um, yeah. No, my point being is that when you see the players, the players are really sharp. They yep. live, eat, and breathe football, and so they're going to look at the film and they're going to see a wide open KJ Hamler and see Russ try to throw into a covered Cortland Sutton. Yep, and they're going to look at that and say, "That well, that is hackett." Yeah, Russ, what that's were you thinking? Point. And and I think that that's ultimately what your I hate to kind of like, you know, flog the dead horse here, but um, I think that's kind of what you're hearing when you like Richard Sherman just doesn't really articulate as much as people like to think that he does. He doesn't run the dang ball, run the dang ball. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's, he, he he speaks in these like really like broad based, like hyperbole style sentences and stuff, which is, which is, you know, good for you. That's why you're in broadcasting now. But I think if you actually, if you were to truly, sit down and and properly articulate what he's trying to say. Ultimately, I think what he's trying to say is Russ made mistakes and was never had held accountable for the mistakes that he made by the head coach. And then as a result, the other players that knew what they were doing looked at that and said, Russ, that's on you. Fix your crap. Yep. Because I get called out by my coaches and I'm expected to fix mine. And rightfully so. We expect the same of you. Well, when, and we want to elevate everybody's play, right? Coaching and right. also uh, right. players, right? It, you know, it's 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 not a it's it's not a one way street. It's a two way street, right? And so that's that's I, the only reason I would say is you know if Russ isn't bought in and the amount of money that they've guaranteed to pay him, 
you got to wonder how long ownership's going to stay with Nathaniel Hackett if that's the case, right? So you might say, well, we want to go get somebody else. It's going to be, you know, a patsy, if you will. Uh, and he could run the only offenses, you know, it's an interesting conversation depending on how the season, you know, progresses. Right. And, and again, to be very clear, we all know every team in the NFL right now is still figuring themselves out, right. With the limited amount of snaps they get in the preseason across the board, they're really not playing. Plus they didn't even play in preseason games. Most of these players don't. So, you know, they're still figuring things out. They're still figuring out what plays work. They're still figuring out what works in the red zone. And I think that's really where the Broncos are at to your point. So they're they're figuring things out. The red zone is where it gets real though. That's where you're, uh, that's where you have to sharpen your pencil. You got to really figure stuff out. You have to actually be true to the scheme. You have to be accurate and you have to follow through your progressions quickly. And uh, ultimately in, in Seattle's offense, they've typically only had two to three really top tier echelon um, weapons and so it's been pretty quick in order for someone like Russ when he was there to go through his progressions. In Denver, as much as people might like to disagree, we have a, a much broader uh, group of, of offensive weapons, yeah, frankly, you do. most of which are very yeah, good. Yeah. And and so you, end, you then actually need to properly scan the field, uh, not so dissimilar from what you guys were saying that Herbert is doing a, a very good job of doing now. Yeah. And then you have to spread the ball around. So you're actually dealing with different skill sets. And if you haven't polished or sharpened the one uh, by, by scanning the field, then it could actually impact you long-term. Yeah. yeah. Great. One thing that I have been very impressed with Justin Herbert and um, is he's very, his pocket awareness. If you go back and watch the um, Browns game, you know, you had, you had Miles Garrett a couple times, you know, just about to crunch him and he just stepped up in the pocket threw the ball downfield, but he, he moved in such a way where there was no way that even if he swiped at the ball, he was going to hit the ball out of his hands as sure. he was throwing the ball to his wide receiver. And he was still accurately throwing the ball to the wide receiver. I was like, damn, that is amazing. And so that just kind of blew me away. So yeah, I, I think that's great. So yeah, I know. Uh, do we have yeah, any more questions more, here, Kyle? Yeah, we point? have another question here. That was a, that was a pretty good Good question though from John. Um, sure. Yeah. So uh, you got one, another one here from Aether. Because um, I think he actually uses a voice to uh, to text thing. So I'm going to kind of translate this one a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have a second question for our guest. Uh, if the Bolts give up a uh, a big lead, are the Broncos going to give up the run game? Yes or no? Thanks. No. No, oh, they're going to keep running, huh? No, even the, the, even with fumble Gordon. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you have to remember there's there's two other players that you're gonna see. You're gonna see Latavius Murray, who the Broncos yep. are gonna want to use. Okay. Um, who is likely gonna be holding onto the ball better. Uh the other one who I think that uh, Chargers fans, you won't know this this guy, but it's um uh oh, what's his name? Uh, divine fans have divine. No. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the guy's last name. Uh, he was he was a preseason just absolute stud. Came in like uh, of the eleventh hour of preseason, and just blew up the last preseason game for us. He was spectacular. Cool. Really? Um, and uh, just give me one second. I, I can't believe I'm gapping on the guy's name. Um, Mike Boone, I know has been your guy. Um, divine is well, Zigbo. Oh, Zigbo. Oh. Then, so, yeah. so he came from the Saints practice squad. We signed him at the early onset 
in or he sorry he he was on he was a cut from the Saints. We actually brought him in from waivers. Uh, he was a stud as a running back for us in preseason. We saw little flashes from him in the last game with the Colts, but I think he's he needs to kind of get a little bit more involved and perhaps be used a little bit more. So I, I could see us really trying to bludge, uh, bludgeon the the Chargers in the run game with the bigger running backs to wear the defense down to really start to stretch the game out. So you're thinking of it from a fact of saying, you know, if the bolts jump into a, if you, if you guys jump into a huge lead, uh, I actually think what the Broncos will try to do is they're going to try to um, run the ball to yep. keep you guys off the field 100%. And, then, and then leverage the run game yep. to get us kind of back into the game a little bit more. Now, are we going to try to throw the ball a lot because we're behind? Sure. But I think the run game will not be completely eliminated. And I think we're going to try to really hit you guys really hard to kind of stretch out the game. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of the play action yeah, too, right? Play, you you yeah. guys run quite a bit of play action. I mean, you got to set up, you got to run so you can set up the play action, and uh, and go from there. Uh, it's yep. interesting because I, I I really feel like that's how the game was going to go against the Browns last week, Chargers and Browns, and it was it, it was awesome to see the Chargers finally break out and and actually beat because well, we were dead last in rushing. We actually beat the Browns, the number one team in rushing, in rush yards last week, which is amazing. And actually, Justin Herbert didn't have a great game. I think he only passed for 250 yards, something like that. Yeah. Um, and a touchdown. But it was good to finally see the the offensive line gel and the running backs go. But I will say this. The key to that was Sony Michelle was not on the field. So it was Austin Eckler and then um, Joshua Kelly. So I think you're only going to see those two for the most part. You might see a little Sony Michelle. But I think after having Browns have also struggled in run defense. Yeah, big Who's time. That? Yeah. Big, oh, the yeah, Browns no. have struggled in run defense. So you guys simply just basically played to a strength that you had to a weakness of theirs. Yep. Well, yeah, and, and their looking. long rips were actually at the interior yep. defensive linemen for the Bronco or uh, Browns, which are actually ranked second and last in the league. So they attacked their weakness, which is what you should be doing as a coach. I mean, bottom line. <laughs> You know, I think we it was the best, the best game that uh, Lombardi called all the season for sure. Hundred percent, absolutely, best game. Keep it up, <laughs> keep it up, keep it up, man. So, Richie, um, I know we kind of chatted a little bit about this game. I, let's talk about your three keys to win this game for the Broncos. We'd just love to be able to hear what your guys' thoughts are. I know you've chatted a little bit about it, but let's talk about your three keys to this game for you. So, I think number one is going to be reshuffling our offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually. I know that's like a really weird thing to say, to say, Hey, I want a massive change. And then that's going to help us. But I actually think that's going to happen. So I said this on the wild West, wild wild West podcast, just before I came live here. Um, my, my ideal offensive line uh, will be uh, Calvin Anderson on the left at the left tackle position. Garrett Bowles is going to be gone for the season with the broken leg. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Anderson in some respects is actually an upgrade. Yes, that's right. I said an upgrade. Uh, uh, really? He, he typically gets called less for penalties. Um, he is also a very good run-blocking left tackle, and he has improved in his pass protection. So uh, I, I actually think that, uh, you know, generally speaking, I th- and the other thing is, even though he's not great in pass pro, what he does better than Bowles is he adjusts his body and moves much quicker to stay between him and the quarterback as opposed to holding the guy to trying to prevent him from getting to the quarterback. So yeah. I think Anderson is going to be um, someone that you guys are going to be probably pretty surprised just because you're not familiar with him likely as, as chargers fans. Um, and then I want to see um, 
uh, I want to see our, our, our left guard stay as is. I, I don't really see a need to, to move on uh, fr- from him. I want to see Glasgow move to center. Glasgow is a natural offensive center. His best years with the Lions were at offensive center. He has never looked good as a guard, yet the Broncos seem to try to force that square peg in the round hole or the uh, uh, rectangular peg in the round hole. It makes no sense whatsoever. You you know, you just can't square that circle. Um, And and so I think it's important that he moves to the offensive center position. And then uh, depending on Miners and his health, uh, Miners would be a massive upgrade and frankly the rightful uh, right guard for the Denver Broncos. He's been hurt the last few weeks. It is a likely, uh, it's likely you will see him there. But if he's not there, I'd like to see Natani Moody, uh, Natani Moody rather, go in at right guard. He is a much better run blocking uh, right guard. And then of course Cam Fleming at right tackle. I, I think it just makes the most sense. Uh, Billy sure. Turner, uh, I think, is still going to be hurt, and he's not one hundred percent. So I'd rather just see the guy that's kind of proven there for us uh, staying at right tackle. So that's kind of my number one. Uh, number two. Um, because of our, our tackles uh, having some struggles and because, it, in my opinion, it gives you a little bit more versatility, I would like to see the Broncos leverage um, 22 personnel. And for those that don't know what that means, that's two tight ends on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Two running but, backs, two tight ends. Yep. Correct. I want to see that or, or or kind of 12 personnel, which is your two tight ends um, and, and your kind of standard mix of, of wide receivers and, and running backs, either of those two. Um, but rather than seeing what Nathaniel Hackett has typically done with the Green Bay offense, which is two tight ends and they're stacked on the right-hand side or the left-hand side, um, I want to see what we did last year and that we saw that in the game against the Colts. You flank them, so you have one on the left and one on the right. So that yeah. means a, a tight end to the left of the left tackle and a tight end to the right of the right tackle. And I think that really opens up a lot in the West Coast running uh, offense. And I think that I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. That also allows us to throw passes to our tight ends up the seams because you can kind of just slip past protection and kind of get open as a tight end as well. Yep. And that can be very, very dangerous from the offensive perspective. Sure. And last but not least, um, we got we to gotta, we gotta fix the red zone stuff. And, oh, and, yeah. and, and, one way, and one way of doing that is to – stop pretending you're a team you're not Mm, and and what i mean by that is sometimes you just got to go into massive big packages you just got to basically throw an extra lineman in and force the ball through the running game and stop trying to pass it and and i think that we need to kind of start calling a duck a duck and we need to start getting back to what makes broncos football broncos football and that's running the ball into the end zone yeah that makes sense definitely it'd be it'd be interesting to kind of and I like hearing these type of things because then it's something for us to look at too and see if uh, Richie Richie is actually the coach of the Broncos and he's making the calls. <laughs> so I love hearing these little things uh, that I could look at during the game. We'll be at the stadium, Andrew and I, so we'll be, we'll be uh, looking at it and checking it all out. So we're excited about the game. I, I think it's going to be a fun game all around. I just really hope it's not that Colts Broncos Thursday night game. Oh no. my goodness. <laughs> well, I, I I will say this. The one the one thing that you'll see with the Chargers, they're gonna they're gonna get their yards or points, right? I now the real question will boil down to how good is the Broncos defense gonna be against our offense? Agreed. Agreed. Um I will also say this. I think keys for the Chargers would be takeaways. Right now we're plus two in the takeaway division uh, department right now, which is good. We could even be higher than that, especially with the first yeah. game of the season. We could have almost had like four picks that damn game. Big time. Uh you know, I, I could think of 
probably six picks that we could have had. Having said that, I think it's really going to boil down to how solid is that Broncos defense to our offense? Because if they can slow us down, that'll be the keys. Because, because again, just to your point though, the Broncos want an ugly game. They want, they want to keep Herbert off the field, get ugly, get threes and outs, three and outs. If they can stop us, That'd, that'd be perfect. But look, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, guys. What do you guys think in the in the comments down below? Do you think it's going to be a tough game? What are your score predictions as well? Because I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people would think. I think uh, what, what does Vegas have it at right now? Uh, I think five right now. Is it five? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was looking at that the other day. Um, I was curious what, where it actually sits at now. So, I mean, I think I think five sounds about right to me. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, right? And yeah. And, again, it's a rivalry game. You know, these teams don't like each other. You know, it's like Raiders, Chargers, Raiders, you know, Chargers, Broncos, right? You know, hey, th- there's there's bad blood there, you know, and, yep. um, you know, and there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. So I think it'll be really interesting. I would say this. If we get two touch, two takeaways, game's in the bag. I think it could happen, yep. you know, and I know, you know, Gordon fumbles a lot. I don't think Russ has been accurate. So I think we could see J.C. Jackson come alive this, this, this game. He'll probably lock down Sutton or at least be on Sutton or it'll be Asante Samuel. So I'm really curious to see that kind of matchup uh, as well, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what uh, how it's going to be this week. What are your thoughts, sir, James? Yeah, and that's one thing I was going to say, too. And, and, and I know, once again, I don't want to talk too much too heavily about the Chargers, which we'll chat about, about that later on uh, for our pregame. Sure. But, you know, I kept saying that uh, I think J.C. Jackson, this is the game that's his get-right game. And, um, you know, we, we've had him as a big guy that we signed in the offseason and hasn't really paid off yet. I mean, I know he's had his ankle injuries situation, but this is the good right game for him. Um, so I, I kind of expected him to be able to get an interception this game or, or make some serious plays. I mean, I know he had a first pass defense uh, this last game where he batted a ball down, which was great to see. Things are starting to kind of gel for him. So you know, my thing with this game is is we just got to play our football and play our smart football. We'll see if uh, Brandon Staley wants to make some sort of weird decision again. Um, will he go for a lot of fourth downs if necessary? Um, uh, who knows? Um, I mean, that when, when he made that last call, I'm still was stunned. I was like, am I really seeing what's happening right now? Like, is this really going on right now that they're going to do it right at this point in time in the game? But anyways... Smart, sound football. I hope the run game could stay to where they've been at. Broncos defense is very solid. So I do think it's going to be a little bit low scoring of a game uh, for the team. So very general of my thoughts on this game at the moment. But, um, you know, I think that's something that uh, I'm expecting kind of an interesting game. You know, I'm definitely expecting not a... 12 to nine game. I'm not expecting that, but I'm expecting that the Chargers get a couple touchdowns somewhere or another. We'll see if the Broncos can get some touchdowns to kind of make it a little bit more tighter of a game. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Russ has only got what four touchdowns on the season at this point. Yeah. 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 And I, and I'll say this too. Um, we, I, it looks like Allen's trending positive. He probably will be in the game and yeah. we got Parham back. Um, he's another good red zone target for the Chargers some, as well. Along with Mike Wilson or uh, Mike Williams. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. What are your thoughts? And then we can wrap up. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I worry that the Chargers are gonna charge her, and this is going to be <laughs> a much closer game than we thought. Yeah. It's not gonna be a field goal fest. It's going no. it could be, but it could be actually a, a pretty close game. I, I'm I'm worried about. So like I'm thinking like 20, 
to 27. So I know Aether just said uh, uh, he doesn't think that they're going to get 20 points, but I mean, this could be like, like Richie was saying is that it could be a confidence game for yep. Russ. Um, and cause like uh, even lockdown said, coach um, like the Broncos, they play tough against us every year. Yes, and, you know, yes, and so, and so do so the chiefs, so do the Raiders and like, you know, cause we're all divisional opponents. We really want to make this win. Um, so like, like we always say though, too, is like we, any given Sunday, we can lose, at, uh, to any team, just like we did with the Jaguars and the Texans last year, like in just freaking. So I, I am not sleeping on the Broncos just because no. the, they're down right now. So, um, always, always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just feels to show uh, you any given Sunday, right? Every team right. in the NFL is good. Yeah. Every team is good. And if you can, if you could game plan and scheme them well enough, to take away what they do well, then you have a shot of winning. That's the whole point, right? And, you know, every game is going to be interesting. So, no, I think this is excellent. Well, I'll say this, Rich, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it's late where you're at, and I know you, you're you probably, you know, ready to go to sleep. But, seriously, thank you so much for hopping on with us and uh, having conversations. We're going to be texting during the game for sure. So we'll, we'll look at the chat. I'll be at the stadium. We'll be sending you pictures. We'll have a good time, man. We'll have a good time with it for sure. No, I think, I think it's great. Uh, the one thing I, I do think your, your fans need to look at in the game is the caliber and quality of the Broncos safeties. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, they're they're pretty clutch. I, I really think that they are not talked about enough. And, and yeah. I think that you, there's likely going to be a takeaway and I'm not sure it'll come from a cornerback. I think it'll come from one of our safeties. Yep. Makes and, sense. And I think that that's, I think that's where you guys are going to be a little shocked to say, how did that guy, you know, take over Allen or how did that guy, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, intercept Williams or whatever the case may be. So I think it's actually really, really uh, interesting. Uh, and yes, I'm an Eastern standard guy. So like, it's like 10 30 right now where I am. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, 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 I go to bed at like two thirty in the morning, so no, I'm not particularly tired. <laughs> oh um, wow, two thirty in the morning! Yeah, yeah. Are you a vampire? Nice. What's the situation with that? You, you uh, like this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> only on Tuesdays. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, today's the night. Today's the night. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, but uh, no, it's, uh, you know, I I actually think it's it's really interesting. And I think that's something that you guys are going to want to look at because we have an absolute like we are loaded at the safety position. Yeah. And that makes sense. Going back to your comment earlier that if they're going to do some trade bait of some sort to try to get a little bit more draft capital, if you've got a kind of a cog of good safety play out there, that's perfect. Perfect reason to throw somebody to another team. I mean, it's kind of goes back to the Micah Fitzpatrick trade too. I mean, he's a fantastic player for the Steelers and they got him from the Dolphins and it was a draft capital kind of situation that added to that team, which I think that year they had like a crazy amount of picks. I think it was like 13 picks or something stupid like that. So I can definitely see that. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> hey, Coach, I, we'll add you to the thread as well. So we'll, we'll do a little trash talking during the game, right? So we'll, we'll, have, we'll have fun with it, Coach. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure the record so all of your viewers understand that they, they, they have basically said that they are going to have four Chargers fans 
and yes. one Broncos fan. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, we, we, we can imagine where this conversation is going to likely end up, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Right. exactly right. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should bring some of your friends uh, from the Mile High uh, Roundtable podcast into the chat too, so that way, like you, know, you can have some more ammunition going back and forth. <laughs> That's right. Oh, trust me, I'm, I'm I'm just fine on my own. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, I love That's it. Great. I love it. Well, all right, guys. Well, hey, again, uh, so we'll uh, we're gonna have our pregame show likely the day before Sunday night, I believe. So, yeah, uh, because it's a Monday night game. So, because uh, I'm gonna be stuck at work uh, for most of the game. So, but I'll, I'll probably try to be out in the wild, uh, maybe trying to find a bar or something like that, trying to hang out with some pe- some folks. So, uh, yeah, maybe you might see me if if you're one of those uh, unfortunates that are stuck at work and stuff out here. Um, but then like, yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure how we're going to do the post game show. We haven't quite talked about that one yet, but we're going to try and get that going too. So it might be the night after or it might be really late, a late, late show. So well, David Letterman, we'll figure that out for sure. And Kyle, when are you going to do simulation? Oh yeah. I'm so I'm going to run my, uh, my Madden simulation for the, uh, Broncos versus Chargers game tomorrow night. Uh, probably about like the same time as usual, about 8 p.m. or so. Um, just going to see how okay. it goes and just answer some more questions, just chat and just uh, chum it up, you know. Um, just feel free to talk. And uh, I might even have like my, my calling uh, VOIP set up so people can call in and we can, uh, you know, have a, have a quick little chat, you know. Yep. Sounds I like good. that. Yeah, maybe I'll call in, tell some ch- cheesy-ass jokes, you know. Yeah, Sounds I like, like that. A good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you get some laffy taffy jokes and start and just call them in there you go <laughs> like what the hell's wrong with andrew do you take an edible or what's going on here <laughs> oh, that guy. he's stroking out yeah. like what's up with this guy well yeah. uh rich seriously thank you so much for joining i really appreciate it honestly appreciate it. it was great great conversation i really hope everyone enjoyed this and and guys you know definitely check out uh the wild wild west podcast and everything rich has got going we, make sure we got to put a link down below uh they put out some great content so you know, I know it's been great having you. Love chatting with you. I love, love your insight as well, too. Seriously, thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, it, man. Uh, thank you, everyone. And, uh, you know, love to see anyone here over on the Wild Wild West podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, obviously, anytime you guys have questions about the Broncos, I am always happy to jump on and uh, kind of give you my, my takes, which are uh, typically more other team friendly because I'm not always saying the Broncos are going to win everything by 35 yep. points. So <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And that's a good Anyways, perspective. I, I, I mean, a lot ahead. of fans to say we always going to win 100%. And it's like, it's unlike being like a Dallas Cowboys yep. fan where they're like, yep, Super Bowl every year, 20 and 0, baby. Like, we're going all the way. We're not going to lose one single game. So I get it. And I, as Charger fans, I feel like we are trying to not say that we win every single game. I mean, we're, we understand our team and we've been through a lot of heartbreaks <laughs> more often than not. Yeah, 100%. Well, again, thank you so much, Rich. Really appreciate it. And uh, as always, bolt up. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go.